So welcome to the first part of our Braille Revival League program. I'm excited about how many of us are here, and I guess that I'm going to force Ralph to become our mic runner once more um, in order for us to begin our program by seeing who's here. So let's start that. And I am Paul Edwards from Miami, Florida. And I'm not going to introduce the rest of the folks who are up at the head table until a, a few minutes from now. Anthony Akimini, Honolulu, Hawaii. Patty Cordell, I want to be in Honolulu, Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando, Florida. Sheila <laughs> Young, yeah, Hawaii sounds good. Um, Orlando, Florida. <laughs> Laura Graves from Wisconsin. Mary Beth Metzger, Albany, New York. Pat Kusick, Indiana. Uh, I'm in the back left. Back row with three books. Carrie Regan, Farmingdale, New York. Penny Verity, Memphis, Tennessee. From Baltimore, Maryland. Donna Siren, St. Louis, Missouri. Chris Devin, Quincy, Massachusetts, almost 43 years for Bigger National. California. Mary Heroyan from Worcester, Massachusetts. Rachel Soto, Springfield, Illinois.
Jim Thune, Kentucky Council of the Blind. Uh, I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky, second newest member of BRL. Teresa Thune, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Denise Collins, BRL First Vice President, Lucy Washington. Hawthorne, Jackson, Mississippi. Karen Kenninger, Washington, D.C. Jane Corolla, Silver Spring, Maryland. Brian Charleston, Watertown, Massachusetts. Charleston, Watertown, Massachusetts. Ralph Snowman, Brandon, Mississippi. Sounds like it sounds like you're at the end, Mr. Ralph. Yes. Is there anybody we missed? Yes. Uh, we're not going to talk about you. Ah. I guess I am the newest member, at least this year, this time. Jeannie Johnson, Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, Jeannie. And Chris, did you introduce yourself? I did. Did you? No, not, 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 not you, Devin. Another Chris. Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Give it to um, Becca Tapp. For now, and um, and and then we'll we'll sort of pass them back and forth. Oh. Sandy Edwards, Wells Arkansas. There you go. She won ten dollars orienteering. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, I am I am just overjoyed with the way that um, the session we're about to do has come together. Uh, I think BRL is very fortunate, and I'm very fortunate about the way it's come together. But I want, if I if I may to spend just a couple of minutes before we start trying to set a context so that you'll understand, um, at least to a degree, uh, why where we are is such a, a different and exciting spot. For the last 30 or 40 years, Braille displays have been available, and those Braille displays um, had a number of things in common. Uh, they were expensive, 
They broke easily. They were expensive to repair. They were fragile. And they failed often. But for 40 years, there was only one option out there in terms of rail displays. And that option were piezoelectric um, braille cells. Now there were there, there were stories about who made the best ones and who made the worst ones and which were the sharpest and which lasted the best. And there, there certainly was competition among the few manufacturers that actually created those braille cells. But the technology uh, for creating braille displays or creating braille note takers that had braille was essentially the same. And so there was a very high entrance point for anybody who wanted to buy a braille display. And you talked in terms of thousands of dollars. Suddenly, um, largely as a result initially of a solicitation made by an international consortium, there was interest in trying to develop uh, a new technology for the production of braille. And the Transforming Braille Group, or TBG, which was this consortium, uh, essentially settled on uh, one design, which they determined they would use. And that design um, essentially led to the creation of the Orbit 20. And that Orbit 20 used an entirely different technology um, essentially based on screws rather than on piezoelectric cells that used electricity um, to power a cell either up or down, which incidentally used more power. So virtually paralleling the evolution of the device uh, called the Orbit 20, uh, there emerged another device in India which used, again, an entirely different technology, this time involving the use of magnets. Um, I don't pretend to understand any of the technologies well, but what I can tell you is that the primary difference between the system that we had forever and the two new systems that came onto the market was the fact that the two new systems could be produced cheaply. Not shoddily cheaply. Inexpensively, I suppose, is probably a better way to put it than cheaply. Because inexpensively is what I mean. So suddenly, we are at a stage where not only are we, are we to the point where uh, where two new technologies have come onto the market, but we are to the point where the price point for the production of Braille displays has gone from uh, thousands of dollars to hundreds of dollars. Um, it's, it's a little difficult um, to, to talk categorically because there's, there's, there's a little changes in the price, but we used to be able to say that for $500 you could now buy two Braille displays. That's not quite true anymore. Um, in that 
uh, in, in that the orbit 20 is now 599 if you if you buy it from orbit research um, and and get this at their quality service or you can pay APH 699 and get orbit readers quality service uh, or orbit researchers quality service so you, you will have to choose which you do it's not a hard choice for me but um, the braille me um, is is $500 still and and there are now two sources interestingly enough for the braille uh, for the braille me in the United States National Braille Press sells it and recently the AP guys have begun to sell it so yes Oh, you're such a father. So, um, And this is for this is for getting CEC credit is EB, otherwise known as everybody or every butt. Ooh, every butt's nice. EB in Braille is every butt, yes. Two zero three. It's about the measurement of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so EB203 is the begin code. All right. So we're at a place where, where we suddenly have an entirely new two technologies and um, Braille displays um, that are, regardless of which way you jump, very inexpensive. And so the purpose of this um, session today is to compare uh, those two devices. And now I'm going to talk about the, the two folks um, that, are, that I have up in front and why I'm so overjoyed to be able to welcome both of them. Um, to my left is Lisa Salinger. And Lisa works, or has worked, uh, for Mystic Access um, as one of the preparers of, of their tutorials. Um, and as it happens, Lisa has done most of the work to prepare the tutorials that are available for Mystic Access for both the Orbit Reader 20 and the Brownie. So I, I don't think we could have asked for anybody better um, to, um, to help us compare the two devices. Um, say hello, Miss Lisa. Um, so, um, can, can you talk? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and 
and and the other the other reason why I'm excited um, for Lisa and for the blind community is that Lisa has just been hired to be that kind of chief tech specialist for Dada Hadley School. So, so we are uh, we 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 are blessed to have Lisa with us. And now but, I feel like I need to put on my radio announcer voice, however, and say that the opinions I express are my own, and they do not specifically represent those of either Hadley or Mr. Bassett. Meanwhile, back at Durant. Yes. <laughs> and to to Lisa's left, um, we are we are even more fortunate, uh, or more fortunate in a different way, to have with us the person who has developed and manufactured the Orbit Reader 20. Uh, Venkatesh, how do you pronounce your last name? Chari. So Venkatesh Chari, say hello to us, Mr. Venkatesh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone, for inviting me here. It's a pleasure. So I am overjoyed. So let us, let us begin. So. I think I'm going to ask Lisa to talk a little bit about a sort of an, a, a very brief introduction to the Braille Me, what it looks like and what it is, and then we'll let Vinkatesh do the same for the Orbit Reader. And 
I feel like the tutorial would be cut in half if I didn't have to say, and press backspace space. So that's a command that you get really familiar with. Um, it has 20 cells. I mean, there are some differences in the way that menus and structures and things are set up, but that is, I think, at the heart of it, um, the big basic difference that some people will notice. With the Orbit Reader, the dots are kind of refreshing across the row. So it's more, um, it sounds to me, especially in a recording, it doesn't sound this way in person. And that's the thing, if, if sound is a concern for you, you really want to hear it. You don't want to depend on the recording. Because on the recording, the Orbit Reader sounds like a very large digital insect. <laughs> um, it just does. I'm like, ooh, that's moderately creepy. But when you listen to it by itself, without, you know, like, just when you have one in front of you, to me, it sounds almost like a rain stick. And I have almost fallen asleep a few times listening to the gentle pitter-patter of Orbit Reader dots. Um, whereas, well, I'll, I'll out myself on this one here, the Braille me, well, for me, there's a lot to like about it. The, when the dots refreshed, it's all at once. And it is louder than you'll find on a standard Braille display. So you do, yeah, you hear like an eh, eh, eh. To me, it's a little more jarring. But some people are like, I really like that better. It's not going and taking time. It's just and it's done. But again, it's very personal preference. If you are using one of these, or you're considering one of these, and you have a background in radio, and you're, you're reading on air, this might not be your device. No, if you are reading, let's say that you are a lecturer at church or a cantor or whatever, and you're reading, and you have one of those churches that has really high ceilings, you play one of these, and it's going to sound like there's gunshots in the church, and people are not going to be happy with you. So that is a consideration, but for most uses, you know, for, for home, even for many work environments, it's fine. But like if you're doing radio, for example, this might not be your first thing that you would want to look at. Anyway. Right, so, so let, let me add a couple of things about the, the Braille me, and then we'll let Big Cat talk about. Um, oh, I, I have I put one thing. So the, the 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 pros that I would that I would talk about with the Braille me in particular are these. It is by far, and I think Lisa would agree with this, maybe, it is by far the simplest device to teach because there are fewer commands in this device than there are in virtually any other. However, uh, I've got to say there are some of the weirder command ideas with this device um, than you'll ever see. For example, close yes or no is one of the options that you quite often see. Um, I would defy anybody who doesn't know to tell me what yes and no are. So yes is the backspace, the backspace key in dot three, and no is the enter key in dot six. You know, I kind of agree with Paul in that the braille me might be easier to teach. But I think if you have a background in note taker use. If you're not a beginning note taker right. user, 
then I think the orbit reader is easier to learn because while some commands are very different, a lot of them, you're just gonna feel like you're home. You're good, you know, you know them. Yeah. And there are some of those with the braille name, but I feel like the orbit reader has more of those. Oh, they do. Yeah, so, so I, I, I think what, what Lisa says is perfectly right. Um, let me see if, if, there, if there are one or two other pluses that I wanted to talk about. Um, I, think, um, I, I think the one difference that people have to get used to, and we'll pass this, these two devices around so that people can put their hands on them um, before the, the, the time's over. Um, but one of the things that I thought I would, I, I would find hardest to get used to actually didn't bother me nearly as much as I thought it would. And that is having the braille display at the back yeah. of the device. Um, but it actually didn't bother me. Um, and, and one of the things that I, that I also expected to bother me more than it has is the biggest difference probably, and we haven't talked about it yet, between the braille me and the Orbit 20 is that the Orbit 20 is an eight dot braille display. Well, the braille me is a six dot braille display. And what that means is with a six dot braille display, where's the cursor? It doesn't exist. So the orbit, so the, the, the Braille me has, has two distinct ways of creating uh, a cursor. But uh, in terms of trade-offs, um, the orbit reader doesn't have cursor routing keys. Um, and the Braille me does. So, Yes, it's a good point. Um, there is a Braille translator that works almost instantaneously so that you can import a text file um, into uh, the Braille Me and the, the, the Braille Me will, um, will translate it. And it's one of the commands that, that's actually pretty common because you use a core G to do it. Um, but it will, it will take that text file and turn it into grade two Braille, it's pretty good. Unlike some of the other translators I've seen built into note takers, um, particularly the Perkins Mini, Perkins Mini would produce the weirdest, most incomprehensible Braille I've ever seen. Um, I'm, it's, it's, um, it depends on how it's set. What about Word and PDF files? No. Um, yeah. With, with, with both of these devices, and really with all, with all relatively inexpensive Braille displays, one of the trade-offs is that the file types that are supported are very straightforward and very minimal. So with, with both of these devices, you're really talking about text files, BRL files, and BRF files. Okay. Yes. If, if you do a chord G, um, I have not tried, I have not tried doing a chord, a chord G with the Braille file I've written to see if it turns it into text. Have you, Lisa? Um, I'll experiment. Um, 
Does anybody know? No? Okay, I'll, I'll try it and let you know. So, um, let's, let's let the expert talk about some of the features of the Orbit Reader. Sir. Thank you, thank you, Paul. Um, so this is gonna be a little challenging for me because uh, uh, you know, obviously I'm from Orbit and uh, uh, I'm gonna try to be sort of, um, as fair and unbiased about, <laughs> about the product as possible. Um, and uh, I'm happy to be called out if uh, I'm making a misstatement, but uh, let, me, let me start with a description of the device. I think many of you are already familiar, but uh, for those of you who may not be so familiar with it, um, it's, a, uh, it's a three, what we call a three-in-one device. It's a very, very simple device with three main modes or purposes. One is the book reader mode, where you have uh, files or books, um, uh, either in text format or braille format, stored on the SD card and you can read them. Um, there is a note taker mode where you can take notes using the uh, Perkins style uh, 60 keyboard and uh, save those notes. In fact, they automatically get saved onto SD card. And the third mode is for use as a braille display with a host device such as a smartphone or a computer. And in this uh, scenario, it works uh, as a traditional braille display. Um, we currently support all of the popular uh, braille um, uh, screen reading uh, programs, um, including JAWS, uh, NVDA, and Narrator on Windows, uh, VoiceOver on uh, Mac OS and uh, iOS devices, BrailleBack on Android devices, um, and um, voice view uh, on Amazon Fire devices, tablets, and uh, also Chromebooks on um, uh, Chromebooks. Uh, we also support Supernova and System Access. So it works with pretty much every screen reader that is in common use today. And uh, it connects to uh, the host device, computer or smartphone over either Bluetooth or USB. And you can connect to multiple devices at the same time as to other popular note takers. Uh, it also has a USB uh, port, which can be used for charging as well as for connecting to a, to a computer. Uh, typically, you would not connect the phone uh, over USB, you do it over Bluetooth. Uh, it has 20 cells, um, and these are eight dot cells. So as Paul pointed out, uh, this allows us to do eight dot braille. Um, it allows uh, uh, you know, the use of computer braille. It allows the cursor. And uh, it's important to note that you know, it's possible for us to blink the cursor because each pin is independently controllable. Um, the, um, uh, as far as languages and translation are concerned, the objective of the device was to actually make it language agnostic. So it doesn't really matter what language you load into the uh, file uh, or what language the file is in, it will be read out uh, as is. So if you had grade two, it will read it out as grade two. If you have computer braille, uh, a text file, it will read it out as computer braille. Uh, it does not currently have a translator. Um, the, uh, however, there are lots and lots of uh, very 
uh, easy to use programs available such as Center Braille and Braille Blaster from APH, and of course, more sophisticated ones such as the Blackboard Translator. Um, the uh, um, device also has a cursor pad for easy navigation. Um, this can be used to navigate within files uh, or within your file system to navigate by word, line, sentence, etc. as well as two panning keys. The pan panning keys allow movement by uh, forward or backward by one screen full at a time. Uh, the cursor keys are also usable uh, for navigating when you're connected to your phone or computer, and they're, they're actually very helpful for that. Um, the unit is actually probably, uh, from our calculations, it's about 15% smaller than the Braille Me and about 30% lighter. Um, the, uh, the construction has been ruggedized so that it can withstand harsh environments. This was originally intended and, and still is intended for use in uh, developing countries uh, where uh, there are usually extreme uh, climatic uh, conditions, you know, high heat, high humidity, high levels of dust. We tested extensively. Um, it has been, uh, we, uh, we do drop testing, uh, dropping it onto the concrete floor from shoulder height, and uh, they've designed the cells as well as the enclosure to be able to withstand those. Um, we've also heard lots of anecdotes from users who have inadvertently dropped it or made it fly and uh, tested the aerodynamic properties as well. Uh, it weighs uh, under a pound, um, and um, so that's uh, about 30% uh, lighter than the Braille meat. Um, and, um, uh, the construction is actually such that the repair is fairly straightforward. Uh, like with all modern devices, uh, with the uh, existing note takers, uh, it is necessary to open the unit, but then the, the construction inside is modular, and different uh, modules can be easily swapped in and out. Um, so, um, that's it. I'll, I'll make a couple of comments about um, uh, the. Um, some Why don't you talk a little about recent updates that, that people might not be aware of if they've seen the device um, in the past? And the other thing you might want to mention is how much you charge uh, for an annual warranty. Sure, sure. So yeah, I'd like to like to actually um, uh, address those points, Paul. Thank you for for reminding me. Um, the um, so folks might have uh, heard uh, news information about availability and uh, possible you know, challenges, etc. So I, I want to just clarify a few points here. So uh, when we first released the product, which was a little over two years ago, we initially had um, a, a, a lot of uh, uh, challenges in ramping up production. This was due to uh, various issues with uh, high tolerance, high precision parts being available at uh, the necessary quality levels for us to maintain a, a reliable and smooth rate of production. Um, just as a point of reference, uh, the, 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 uh, our Braille product 
as, as many others, have uh, over a thousand moving parts. You compare that to a Tesla, uh, a Tesla has 180 moving parts. Um, and uh, comparisons are made very commonly with, uh, with consumer electronic devices such as phones. Uh, modern phones have between one and three moving parts, and those are buttons. Um, the, you know, this has 160 moving pins, um, and uh, each pin has several moving parts inside it. And um, to produce those components at a, uh, at a high quality and with sufficient precision for it to operate reliably is a, is a huge challenge. Um, our initial uh, difficulties uh, were with actually a, an incorrect lubricant that was used by one of our vendors. And this resulted in, instead of the pins being lubricated well and moving well, they had a tendency to jam. And unfortunately, this was, this jamming would occur in the field, uh, despite tremendous amount of testing that we would do before uh, sending them out. It would happen in the field and it would happen weeks or months later. So it took us a while to figure out what was going on and then rectify the problem. We recalled all of those units that were affected and replaced them uh, at, our, at our expense. And so for the last year and a half or so, we have had uh, extremely high rate of reliability and I'm very, very happy and, and uh, proud to uh, be able to say that uh, the total defect rate for the product is less than 3%. In comparison, um, a recent survey by J.D. Power of, of automobiles ranked the Lexus, uh, one of the Lexus models, as the most reliable car. And it had a defect rate of 104 per 100 cars. And cars have been around for over 100 years and have been mass produced in the billions. And uh, the, it is not to put down the quality of cars, it's just to highlight the fact that uh, almost anything with moving parts is difficult to make completely error-free. Um, we have struggled and we have worked very hard to reach what we feel is a very high rate of reliability today. Um, the, uh, the production is, is extremely stable now. We have been in production, uh, food production for over a year now. We have uh, plenty of units in stock. These are available through our distributors as well as directly through us um, at uh, our, our website as well as by phone. The retail price from our, from our website um, is uh, $599. Um, we have been, uh, through this time, we've been improving software and features, uh, fixing bugs on a continuous basis. Um, as for the record, the production software is in its 61st release. Uh, that means at least 61 uh, levels of improvement through the past uh, two years. Um, the, uh, we introduced two features recently. One was um, the, uh, what we call the orbit fixer, uh, also known as the auto scroll feature. And this allows the uh, text, uh, the display to scroll uh, automatically instead of having to press the pan key. And the speed is adjustable, it can be adjusted on the fly, it can be set in, in uh, you know, increments of, of up to a tenth of a second. 
And um, it was a feature that was asked for by, by many, many users, and uh, we released it about two months ago. Um, there was only one other feature that was asked for even more, and again, the auto-scroll feature. And uh, that was the ability for people who don't have Windows computers to upgrade the devices from there. And uh, so uh, this was a challenge for Mac users because the uh, while our um, upgrade software was uh, fully accessible, it was fully accessible under JAWS and NVDA, we've done extensive testing, but it was only usable on Windows platforms. And there were some very severe technical reasons, uh, very, very major technical reasons why that was the case. Uh, it actually wasn't something that was in our hands, whether we would have liked to continue the Mac version. But in any case, um, that issue is now resolved. Uh, we were very happy to announce about a month ago that we have now got the ability to upgrade the firmware directly from the SD card. So there's no need for a computer anymore. Uh, you, would, you would load the software file onto the SD card, put the SD card into the, into the unit, and press a key combination if you upgrade. Uh, I believe this is the only uh, Braille display note taker in this category other than the Android devices that are out there, uh, the ones that cost upwards of $5,000, uh, that has this capability. All other devices, uh, I believe, require a Windows machine to, to upgrade. There's a question in the front row. Sure. Um, go ahead. What's your question? Oh, sorry. Ralph? Okay. Yeah. So, I'm here. I was thinking of how this would apply in a school district with a student, and if there is no way to back translate, how can the student publish their information? Well, the, 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 the simple answer is, if, if the student is writing a, a file in Braille on, on the uh, Orbit Reader, um, the, student, the student would then uh, simply put the file onto an SD card. Um, that SD card can be put into a computer and run through uh, a, a back translator. Um, like that Like that yeah. Do you want to add anything to that, Liz? Or do you have a question? But I have a few comments on that would apply to both note takers. Um, first of all, I have paired other note takers to my iPhone. And it's a pain. There's no nice way to say it. It's like, okay, I've got it. How, how ambitious do I feel? Today I get to pair my Braille display with my iPhone. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes you have to do it all over again. And then you're talking to yourself and saying words that aren't fit for anyone to Sometimes you have to demonstrate huge manual dexterity because you have about one and two tenths seconds to put in four characters on, on your iPhone keyboard. And how many keys can you press? How many keys can you press at once without having to use your nose? <laughs> However, with both devices, I'll the, the experience I remember the best is pairing the Orbit Reader because I did it first. And I was like a kid in a candy shop. I was like, that 
is so much, that is so cool. Let's do that again. That was really neat. That was really easy. And, and, and essentially what their pairing method has this wonderful title on the Nerd Reader that just, just works. works. I love it. And that's exactly what happens. You switch from local mode to remote mode with your with your iPhone turned on and hello. I saw just works and I thought, Oh yeah, yeah right. right. But I was never happier to be proven wrong. It was great. Another thing that I get this question or this comment a lot. Um, you know, I hear that the orbit reader has these issues. I hear that the braille me has these issues. And for the most part, that is primarily true, but these are new devices. These are trailblazing kinds of devices because these manufacturers are doing something that has never been done. And I have seen huge improvements and leaps and bounds in where these devices have come from versus where they are now. Um, and I really think that the developers of these units are owed huge amounts of credit for think. their responsiveness. It blows my mind. Folks, they're listening to us. And they implement features, and they're fixing problems, and they're working very hard. So, you know, if you've heard something that there was a problem, it's probably true, because there were. But in the last, I don't know, six months, I feel like, okay, you know, if you're not an early adopter, and you want a pretty sure thing, now's the time to put down your money. Because On either one, really. Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly, and there are places for, I'm kind of a mid to early adopter myself, but there are places for all of us in the world. You know, sometimes people don't want to do that. They just want it to work, and that's good too. We need everybody. My serial number is 163. <clears throat> My unit has not been sent back, and I have not had a single problem with the Braille cell. Not one. I'm talking about the orbit reader. How long have you had it? Uh, more than two years. We have a question back in the Paul, this is Tammy. Coming. Remember, oh. 
that we're talking about two different things. Okay. When we talk about what these devices can do, and in terms of the file types they use, and on and on and on and on, we're talking about what they can do when they're by themselves. So when they're in what's usually called local mode, okay? Okay. But once you connect your machine to yeah. an iPhone or a tablet or a computer, okay. then essentially your device is gonna be able to do what that, what that tablet or that computer or that phone can do. So in the case of the iPhone, for example, the iPhone already has Braille translators built into it that, that, that operate with either UEP or EBA. And essentially, you can read and write email in grade two Braille and it goes out um, in, in properly formatted, translated Braille. Okay, so I can use it with my iPhone. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Both of them. Both of them. Both the, both the Braille Me and the and the Orbit 20. Did you want to add something? If you want to use it with an iPhone or an Android or computer, whatever you can. But if you're one of those people that you just want to stay the heck off the internet, and there are a few of you around, um, think of this as being like a braille light without speech. So go, go in the Wayback Machine, and you're talking a braille light. So by itself, you have no wireless, you know, you don't have a lot of, quote, fancy functionality. You don't have a calendar per se, you're not syncing with things. So it's very basic. Again, this, you know, when devices are made that are low cost, sometimes features are left on the cutting room floor, so to speak in the interest of keeping costs down. But if you miss the good old days where a braille display was just a braille display, or where you could just take basic notes, then you can certainly use either of these devices in that way. I also wanna say for those who are not especially technically inclined, or even if you are really, um, Mystic Access has produced two tutorials and we have them on the Braille Me and the Orbit Reader. And people tend to use these tutorials in one of two ways. And they are audio tutorials, by the way. Um, so they use them in one of two ways. And one way is I have this device and I want to learn how to use it, so I'm going to purchase your tutorial. The other way that people use it is they'll say, you know, I don't have a lot of money, and I don't want to invest in the wrong device for me. And what they end up doing is laying out a little bit of extra cash for that security of knowing, and they will purchase both tutorials and they'll listen through them, and they'll use that to help them make that decision. Now, all of you here, well, you're here, and so I would advise you, if you're thinking even about purchasing one of these, to go to the booth and check them out because our tutorial can tell you a lot about function, but also nothing is going to replace that hands-on experience. Okay, I have a question. First of all, I have the Orbit. I love my Orbit. I've had it for almost a year. Have I learned everything about it that there is to learn? No, and I'm really excited now because I had no idea for some reason that my iPhone would do the 
translation and I'd be able to read what it says in UEB or grade two Braille, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but the frustration I have, and, and I realize that y'all have really tried to make it so it's inexpensive and everything can't be in it, so this may not be something that can be solved. But mostly what I download to read are things like cookbooks and knitting books. And so the frustration is if I'm looking at the contents, it might say that um, Lovely Shawl is on page 72. But if there's a way to directly get to page 72 on the orbit, I haven't figured that out, so I don't know if it's but, me. But there is, there and, is. and oh, it actually okay. works really well. Okay, well that's uh, good, and, glad to know that. And, okay. and it's essentially, you do a chord after you write in the number sign 72, and you press enter. For, or, or lovely shawl if you want. Right. So lovely shawl would work too. And type in lovely shawl and away you go and you're there. Has anybody tried both of these devices on the Amazon tablet? The, the Amazon tablets certainly work with um, with the Orbit Reader, um, because they were actually designed to, um, and I, and I have I have an Amazon tablet and I've used an Amazon tablet and it works fine. Um, I don't know if Lisa has. Um, so I can tell you that about the Amazon. I would guess the Braille does not, um, but I don't know that. Do you, Lee? if you find that Braille is not working the way you expect, the first inclination is to say, oh, the orbit reader doesn't do this right, the Braille doesn't do this right. And it's, it's possible, but more often than not, it's going to be Android is messing this up or iOS is messing this up because these really are just sort of dumb terminals. They are receiving the information that's sent to them and that information is only as good as the translation that's built into your smart devices. And when we say, like, I, I do this a lot, it's a bad habit. When I say iPhone, I mean iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad. Um, you know, and the same if we're talking about, quote, your Android phone. That also would apply to a tablet. We're, we're referring more to operating systems than actual devices. Yeah, just on that, that point about use with um, iOS devices and Android devices. So um, as Lisa pointed out, when they're connected, both of these, all of these devices are essentially dumb terminals. So they are just input and output. So you get whatever output the device, the uh, phone sends out, and uh, it, the phone takes in whatever you type. Um, there have been a number of issues uh, that we have worked through very closely with both Apple and Google uh, to resolve over the past few years, and a lot of these have come uh, from users like yourselves as feedback. So I'd really love to hear more from you. Um, both the companies are very responsive. Uh, you can log um, 
the tickets uh, directly with them as well as with us, and we'll, we'll pass it on, we'll log it in their system. But they, they really do fix, fix issues. Uh, so please do keep that feedback coming. There's a question on this side. Okay, um, uh, Ralph. Just one comment about the, the last question that was asked about book, bookmarking. So uh, one of the one of the features of the orbitator is that when you switch it off, um, you actually don't need to bookmark anything. When you switch it back on, it brings you back to exactly where you left it off. So it's like you never turned it off. Um, this is the orbitator. I have an orbit reader that I got from the printing house a couple of years ago, and it went down and it stayed down. And, and I called the printing house and told me what to do is, you know, take the battery out and leave it out for a while. And, oh, and I did. And it worked. But now one of the six dots will not come up. So what can be done about it or who can fix it? And so, so um, a dot getting stuff can happen due to a variety of reasons, but uh, the best way to address it is to send it back in. 
So if you purchase it from APH, if you can contact their customer service folks, they'll arrange to have you send it back in to Orbit and we'll uh, repair it and send it back to you. So uh, like with any other Braille display, you know, if dirt or fluids uh, if, uh, get into the unit, that can cause pins to get stuck. Once in a while, a pin can also have a defect, which can cause it to get stuck. Now, this is uh, this is very rare these days. As I was saying, the issue rate, total issue rate, is less than three percent, but it can happen. If if it was mentioned already, and I, I missed it, and I apologize, but um, I'm understanding that there is booth or booths at the exhibit hall that where I can get hands on on both the Bra Orbit Twenty and Braille Me. Which, what, which, which booths are they? For the Orbit Reader, you'll want to go to the American Printing House for the Blind. And for Braille Me, you'll want to go to National Braille Press. Are they selling units at conventions or do you have to buy them on the website? I believe they are, but please don't quote me on that. It could be. I would, I would check with them because even if you have to order from the website, they can probably take your order and I don't know if there's any convention pricing. I I didn't ask because I own it, so I didn't ask. But um, the Braille Press is selling the uh, Braille Me, but APH, if you buy from them, you're buying it for the six ninety nine. If you buy, uh, buy from Orbit, uh, you will get the five ninety nine. But you, but if you buy it from APH, you're paying six ninety nine. There's no extra support. Right, you're still getting Orbit's tech support. I think the main reason... The email Eight 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 six zero orbit. 
and uh, ordering from our website is, is also pretty straightforward. Uh, you can pay with the credit card or PayPal. Um, it's a fairly straightforward process, or you can do it over the phone. And uh, we typically ship. And what's your website again? 7248. The website. Thank you. Uh, the website is orbitresearch.com. So O R B I T R E S E A R C H dot com. And there is a there is a button, uh, a clickable link right on the home page, which will take you to the product page where you can click on the buy now button. We we at one time did have some issues about three months ago or two months ago with our website. Which Lots and lots of challenges, but everything is resolved now. It's, it's, it, it works pretty, pretty well. Yes. Uh, Sorry, I don't think you're going to be able to hear me. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. 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 My question is you mentioned that the, the one of the differences between the Braille Me and the Orbit is the location of the Braille display. Could you talk about? What that means, I mean, I, one is on the front or the lower part of it. Okay, basically, um, what it means is that basically you're talking which came first, the braille cell or the braille display or the keyboard. With the orbit reader, the braille display is at the bottom, which is what you generally see with nearest to you. Yes, nearest to you, that's better, which is what you generally see with. Um, most note takers. With the braille me, the braille input keys are nearest to you, and then the braille display is above them. I really thought this would be a problem. I was expecting that when I read, I thought it was just going in and out, and I'm not moving it up and down. And, and the other thing, <laughs> the other thing that's a little different is that the cursor routing keys are actually in front of the braille display rather than behind it. Yeah, it's different to get used to, but it's really fine. Um, and I, I thought that I would be pressing keys while I was reading, and I really haven't found that to be the case. So we're gonna respond to a few more questions if, if we have time, but but let's finish, let, let's, let's finish kind of our summary, and then at the end of the couple of questions we're going to stop so that I can have an opportunity to, so that we can have an opportunity to hand an orbit reader and a, a braille me around, so that people can get can get their hands on it to see what they feel like. And I'm going to going to set up both of the devices with a line of braille showing. And in in both cases, if you hit the up and down keys on the left hand side of the display. And, and, and don't ask about it, but you can reverse it. And I currently have my uh, my um, Braille me reversed. Um, you can use the rest of left or right display on, on the orbit reader. But the point is, um, I do want to have Braille up there and tell you that you can pan back and forth so you can get an idea how it sounds and how it changes um, as you're looking at it. So first, um, to summarize, um, I don't think there is um, I don't think there is a device um, difference that, that, that categorically is a game changer 
um, with, with either device. Um, right now, the cheapest device is, is the Braille Me, um, but not by much. Um, I haven't had the Braille Me long enough to really put it through its paces. Um, I have had some initial problems with a couple of dots, um, but I've been told by the manufacturer um, that it's a burning in process and that after a while the dots will get better. And the truth is that over the first few days that I've had it, the problem has gotten better. And I've had fewer problems with dots, and in fact the last three or four times that I've used it, I've had no problems with dots. So I, 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 I really believe what I'm being told. Um, I, I think um, I think that both devices do a really good job of interfacing with the other devices they say they can interface to. I think both manufacturers are, are making changes with every upgrade that makes their devices better. And I think what, 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 what you guys need to bear in mind is what Lisa said earlier. Um, and by the way, I'm going to forget, so I'm going to do it now. Um, the, the Core G does not reverse translate. So the, the question that we had earlier doesn't happen. Um, but what Lisa said earlier is actually true. These are baby devices, you guys. And this technology is revolutionary. And so we, we need to cut folks some slack in terms of what our expectations are. When they become mature old devices, then we can start bitching. In the meantime, what we have to say is, damn. So let me, let me pass it to Lisa and then to Vincatech for their final comments, and then we'll open it for one or two more questions. We'll pass things around. And I'll give you the closing code before somebody else in. I think I have pretty much said all I would like to, but I just want to provide contact information in case you would like more information about the tutorials. And you can find those and you can get them uh, either downloadable or on an SD card. And you can get those by visiting www.mysticaccess, all one word, mysticaccess.com. M-Y-S-T-I-C-A-C-C-E-S-S.com. Yes, you do. Uh, Chris, help me in case. 716-543-3323. Okay, we're good. Yes, that is indeed the number. I just wanted to make sure. And, and, and by the way, the, 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 the second of the, of the tripos that is Mystic Access has been here with us, Chris Grabowski, and welcome, Chris. We're glad to have you. Thank you. Um, all right. Uh, Thank you. So, uh, in closing, I would just like to highlight a couple of things. Uh, first, the design uh, of the device, the features, the usability aspects that Lisa and Paul alluded to, um, these are all the outcome of over three years of development efforts jointly by the members of the Transforming Braille Group, which includes organizations like uh, APH, RNID, CNID, Perkins, um, and NFB. And uh, what you see in terms of ease of use, uh, even things like the location of the Braille, the Braille line being closer to you instead of being above the, the keys, 
All of these are the result of, of dozens of conversations and input and feedback from literally hundreds of users around the world. So uh, we are we are, we are truly fortunate that as you know, Orbit Research to have had that uh, input from uh, uh, organizations and people who have, you know, all together who literally have hun had hundreds of years of experience in this field. So uh, what you what you're getting is is uh, is uh, an, an outcome of that that effort. Um, secondly, I'd like to say that you know uh, we're you know the, the, the price point may vary, you know, uh, and uh, currently the obligator is a little bit more expensive. Uh, but what I what I want to emphasize is that we're seeking to differentiate the product based on quality and durability, reliability, and service. So we stand behind the product. We have stood behind it for the last two and a half years, and I can tell you that it's not been easy. Um, but we're we're here for the for the long haul. Uh, we stand. Oh yes, I missed that. Thank you, Paul. So the unit comes with a one-year standard warranty uh, against manufacturing defects. Uh, it is possible to uh, purchase an additional year, which will extend the warranty by a full year beyond the first year. So you get a total of two years. The cost of the extended warranty is eighty-five dollars. Eighty-five. Uh, the warranty does not uh, does not get you know does not cost anything for shipping at home. The product, if you buy it from our website, uh, it, shipping is included free. So the five ninety nine price includes shipping. And uh, you know, lastly, I would like to say is that uh, say that um, you know actually uh, a fair comparison in some cases would be if you compare the number of dots, uh, we have twenty five percent more dots. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> that's not that's not I think it is. It's, it's, you have six dollars more dots. Yes, yeah, so thirty percent more dots and only twenty percent more price. Yeah. So <laughs> that's so, bizarre, but <laughs> <laughs> well that's an engineer speaking, so <laughs> that's, a, that's the best sales pitch I've heard of. <laughs> and, and one of the things that we are very proud of is that it, not in our words, but in the words of our users, it is the best quality brand on the planet. Yeah. So, um, while while the devices are wandering around, if there are other questions, we'll try to respond to them. You can. In fact, that's that's primarily what I read with both devices. Um, and initially, let me let me kind of do a do a cautionary imprimatur here. Two years ago, based primarily on its manual, and before it was introduced into the United States, um, I wrote one of the first articles on the Braille Me, um, and and Mystic Access was right up there with me, really, in terms of um, in terms of the time that they began to look at the Braille Me. But at that time, um, I reflected what the manual said, which was that there was an upper limit to the size of books you could read as well as books you could write. Um, or for space you can write. Now, in fact, that's not the case anymore. There, there is an upper limit on the size of the files you can write uh, on the Braille Me, and that's 100K. There is not an upper limit on the size of the books that you can read, and I have loaded three meg books in there 
without any problem. Yes. Karen. Quick. What? What? Go ahead. Don't bo don't bother with the mic now because we're. Yes. Why do I own both? Um, I, I think most people will say it's because I'm OCDC, Karen. Um, I, I think I think the truth is that that I have owned and loved the Orbit for the last um, two years or so. Um, and when, when I found out that I was going to be doing a presentation uh, on the Braille Me, I'm one of these folks who really is um, very picky uh, about being fair. And, and I, if I was going to do a presentation, I felt like the only, the, the only option I had was to acquire one and do some testing um, before uh, I established the kind of benchmarks that I was going to and, and expressed an opinion. So uh, if I if I wasn't planning to do this presentation, I might not own a brand. So would you sell one? Would I sell one? No. No, because because uh, they're they're both comfortable to read in, in different contexts. Um, the Braille me is really comfortable reading in bed because it sits flatter. Yes. What if is the importance of router architecture? I don't think you guys discussed that. We, we didn't. Um, and so that's one of the things whenever we talked about the future of an NLS display was router buttons or not router buttons, how important are they really? Well, and, and we really didn't spend a lot of time on six dot versus eight dot breath either. And and those are, those are two important things. So really quickly, um, one device has router buttons, um, and uh, that is the BrailleMe, but it only has six dot Braille. The other device doesn't have uh, router buttons, but it has eight dot Braille. So what that means is that with the Orbit Reader, which has eight dot Braille, um, you, you can actually know exactly where your cursor is, and, and there are lots of commands um, for moving around by word or, uh, or or by character or by line or by paragraph. Um, and you can feel exactly where you are in terms of writing because there is the dot seven or dot seven and eight either blinking or still that lets you know where you are. Okay, then, then just, just a second, please. Um, with, the, with the other device, you have cursor routing keys but since you only have six dots, it's very difficult to tell whether your cursor is where you think you put it. So they have two methods for establishing that. One of them is um, to to use to hit a, a two key keystroke, or you can actually have it turned on. Um, and if you have it turned on, that two key keystroke will keep the key that you're pointing at, like a D, um, still but will blink the rest of the characters in the cell so that you can feel it blinking so you know you're there. 
They have a second implementation approach that allows you to press a, a, another two key combination and every other key on the keyboard goes away or every other character on your display goes away except the character where the cursor is. I have one thing to add about the whole cursor routing thing. Um, if you are using your device primarily for reading, you're not really going to need cursor routing buttons. So if you're just reading Braille and you're reading across, you know, you're going to be able to read everything. You're going to be fine. You don't really need those specifically. <coughs> Where it kind of becomes more important is if you are doing a lot of editing. So right now, if you don't have cursor routing buttons, you either need to right nav, right nav, right nav to get to, for example, cell 19, or preferably you'll go to the next line and then left nav, or you can press cursor routing. You can also do a screen find. So there are ways around not having cursor routing. Uh, the early Braille note takers did not have it. And so for me personally, I don't really miss not having it, but if you're used to them, again, this is where personal preference really comes into being. If you're doing tons of editing, you might want to look more seriously at cursor routing. If you're doing a little bit of editing and you're reading, then it's probably not going to be as big of a consideration, at least in my opinion. Okay? Go ahead, question on the right. Wait a minute, we have a, a hold on. We're gentlemen, hold on for a sec. Go um, ahead, Matt. Have you set up the tutorial for a person who, let's say, ever used a real display? I mean, yes. Start at the really basic level. Yes and yes, because we have information in there that's a little bit more advanced. Like, if you remember the old note takers, this works like this. But if you don't have a clue, if you've never laid hands on a note taker, you're going to be fine. And the thing that the tutorials provide that sometimes other things don't. For example, we talk about how to insert the SD card because both devices use an SD card. I don't remember if this is the case for the Braille Mini, but with the Orbit Reader, they refer to the little lines, the little protrusions on the SD card as fingers. And so they go up. So fingers are closest to fingers. I think that's the way it goes, or was it? No, it's the other way around. It's the other way around. You know yeah. what it was? It was dots. The dots on the um, the SD cable. Right. I said you're reading Braille, so dots go closer to fingers. That's what that was. My apologies. Yeah. I just now traumatized yeah. and messed somebody up. Yay me. <laughs> yes, they are indeed. Right. Now there was a gentleman on the left with a question. The other thing is, and we really didn't talk about it, uh, is I don't, I, I have never seen an interface with an iPhone on a, on a Braille display that works as well as the Orbit Reader 1 does. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and the cool thing is, the cursor cross, um, which is on, on the Orbit Reader, um, allows you to do a bunch of stuff that, that you just wouldn't think it would let you do when you're connected to the iPhone. It is very cool. And it's very familiar. It looks like the cursor cross on um, an, a remote. Right. I want to address two things that Larry just said. One is the keys on the Orbit Reader. I personally like them too. But I've seen people who have larger hands, and they're not as much of a fan, which is not to disparage their keyboard. It's just a way of saying, you know, by all means, check this out. And Larry also said something about, you didn't cover this. There's a lot we didn't cover. <laughs> We're pretty much scratching the surface, trying to touch on the high points. I mean, we could talk about the shapes of them and the cases and the materials, and there's so many things. And so this is why really hands-on is, is best. liberty of summarizing Barry's comments on, or Larry's comments, oh, what a long day already, uh, Larry's comments on Mike, for those who didn't hear them, and uh, because he's in the back left, and if you're in the upper right, you may have missed them. Uh, he said that the battery life he feels on the orbit leader is very good, and that when he comes to a conference like this, he doesn't even bring a charger. Um, I live in constant fear of running out of power, so I bring chargers for everything, but that's very, Larry's Larry, 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 sorry. That's Larry's comment. Um, the other thing he said is that some people find the lack of a translator a plus, and I should have thought of this because I've said this before, but he's right, because if you're learning Braille and you're maybe writing kind of a grade one and a half, or maybe you've known Braille forever and you write in grade three or you have this funny Braille hybrid that you write, you can do it, and it's not going to try and figure out what it thinks you might possibly want to say. It will just leave it as you put it. Right. We have another comment. Hold on, please. I just want to add one quick uh, comment. Uh, thank you, Larry, for those those comments. Um, just one point about the charger. So, the uh, the orbit reader uses a standard USB charger. So as long as it's a USB compliant charger, any charger that you might already have will work. Uh, I believe the Braille has a special charger that uh, it that it uses. Uh, I know there are a few more questions, but I'm going to have to do this before I get in trouble. So the end code for this for this program is interesting. Um, we're, we're back to our every but again. 
EB three BE. So every but three but every. Um, now, I'm going to declare us officially on break, um, but I'm not going anywhere, and, uh, and I suspect these guys will stay here for a few minutes. Now, soon after break, we, we're going to have to do our business meeting, but we don't have a lot to do, so after the break, we certainly can come back um, and talk for a few more minutes. So. Let, let us plan to restart a little after three. Good enough, you guys? 3.05, Ralph says. You can continue let it pass and run. You can continue passing them around, you guys. Just don't walk away with them, please. <laughs> <laughs> 